Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hello there, and welcome to episode 69 of The Social Circus. I am your host, Sarah Thompson, and today I'm going to be doing a solo episode. Now, over the next few weeks, I'm actually going to be doing a really deep dive into Meta, which is the name of the parent company for Facebook. So I'm going to be calling it Meta Month, and I'm going to be sharing a lot of information, which I hope is going to be really helpful for you as my listener to help you understand a little bit of the history of Meta, a little bit about the competitive landscape that it operates in. And I will also be doing a deep dive into things like Meta ads, um, using Meta, what are the trends, that kind of thing. So today I'm going to be starting with some historical information about Meta and where did it come from and um, a little bit about the history of it. So just so that you know, um, Meta is considered a huge company. And if you're not aware of that, you must be living under a rock because it has absolutely transformed our lives. It has transformed the way in which we behave. It has transformed so much of it. And a lot of people call, say, social media has transformed our lives. But in reality, it is mostly Meta that has been responsible for that. So Meta actually started in 2004, which again, um, this podcast is being recorded in August 2023. So it hasn't even been around for 20 years and it has revolutionized everything about our behavior. Now, when it start, was started, it was started by the founder, Mark Zuckerberg, who to this day still has a very active role in that huge company. He started it with three other Harvard University friends and the very initial version of it was called The Facebook, so it had The in the name as well. And it allowed students who were um, attending Harvard University to connect with other students, but it became so popular that it rapidly expanded to include other universities um, and then it kind of grew out from there. And as we can say, the rest is really history as to how that grew. Um, within 12 months, they acquired the domain facebook.com. And that's when they dropped the from the brand itself and just went to Facebook from the Facebook. So if you didn't know that, that was some of the early nerd um, history of it. Um, since then, Facebook has gone on an acquisition frenzy. And if you do Google what companies have um, like Facebook or Meta acquired, the list is absolutely in the hundreds okay so there are so many reasons why meta is so big not the least of which is that it's it's um biggest and primary brand facebook is such a big platform but its acquisitions have done much to solidify that so in the early days a lot of the acquisitions focused on reducing competition against them so a lot of those smaller companies that they acquired to start with actually reduced the competition against facebook which is um from a company perspective, a very clever strategy because it allows them to become so dominant. And to this day, Facebook is so incredibly dominant. And obviously that is fraught with issues which we're not going to go into. But what I do wanna look at is what I would consider to be the top three acquisitions for um, Facebook. I'm gonna call it Meta because that is the correct name for the parent company. So um, one of its big acquisitions was obviously the Instagram platform. This was created in 2010 by a couple of guys it was predominantly a photo sharing platform and it was getting huge traction, was proving to be immensely popular. So Meta purchased it in 2012, so it had only been around for a couple of years and it purchased it for over a billion US dollars. I should just say um, throughout today's podcast, I will be quoting um, numbers and money 
and it will all be in US dollars because that's what the currency of the country in which Meta operates, which is the US. So just be aware that um, all prices, all, all um, amounts quoted today are in US dollars. So going back to Instagram, when it was purchased, it had not made any money. So they did take a really big gamble and spent a lot of money on it. And at the time, it was like the, the highest purchase price paid for a profitless startup since Google had acquired YouTube. So from the company perspective, it was a massive risk for them to decide that they were going to spend all of this money. Um, their acquisition frenzy then went on and on. So in 2014, I would consider them to have had their two biggest acquisitions. So the first one was WhatsApp, and this was purchased for $19 billion. So it kind of really paled that Instagram acquisition, but WhatsApp is a messaging platform. And you will have noticed um, that it has huge, huge traction. It has such big numbers. And it was still was considered a massive risk as an acquisition because it was such a big dollar amount, that $19 billion. But without doubt, it has absolutely proven its worth in that stable of brands that Meta has. That same year, they also acquired Oculus. Um, and Oculus, if you're not familiar with it, is a virtual reality company that has both the hardware and the software behind it. They acquired this again in 2014 for $2 billion. So still huge amounts of money that we're talking here, but obviously a lot less than that WhatsApp acquisition, which was in that 19 billion, which is terrifyingly big. Um, so those acquisitions really um, allowed Meta or Facebook to expand, to offer different services outside of the Facebook platform. So having Instagram gave them another really big share of social media and they could see the writing on the wall in terms of the way in which we message each other. Now, I'm old enough to remember when we used to text our friends and we used to send text messages on our phones. And I remember when Messenger came out and thinking, why do people want to use Messenger instead of just texting people? And now if someone texts me, it's generally like a spam or it's, it's, a, it's a, like a reminder for an appointment or something like that. It's generally not my family and friends. So our behavior has been transformed by these platforms. And WhatsApp in particular is hugely dominant in so many countries and really, really dominant with our younger audience. It obviously allows you to make um, international calls, which are obviously free. So it has all of these benefits that really have changed our behavior. Um, what I want you to think about is why did they make these purchases and what did it do? And one of the things, obviously, I've been teaching all about Facebook and Meta for many, many years. And I still remember when Oculus purchased, was purchased by Meta. And I think that many of us who worked um, as social media um, coaches or trainers at that time probably saw it as filling a gap in their portfolio. And one of the hardest audiences to always reach are youth. Youth are notoriously different, difficult to market to because they're incredibly fickle and they lack brand loyalty. So this means they will hop from one platform to another. They don't look back. They don't care. And so when they purchase Oculus, we know that youth love gaming. Um, I know that lots of people love gaming, but youth are some of the heaviest gamers out there. And um, VR is really the future of gaming, that virtual reality experience. So if, if you're not aware of it, it, it was a pretty big acquisition and it will, I'll talk about it a little bit more as I go through today's episode. So their big rebrand for the Facebook company came um, in October 2021 when they 
decided that they were going to launch Meta as the parent company name for Facebook and all of the brands that it had acquired. And they did this for a really simple reason. It was incredibly confusing once Facebook became a publicly listed company that there was Facebook, the company, Facebook, the social media platform. And so it had a lot of confusion around it and it made good sense to give the company a parent name and the parent name owns all of those um, brands within it. So Facebook, Insta, WhatsApp, Oculus are all brands within the meta portfolio. So that at the time I feel like created a lot of clarity for a lot of people. And we've now seen them using that name meta across their platforms to acknowledge the fact that when you're on a meta platform, it means that you can use it as like a mothership, like meta business suite to manage the different brands. So Instagram, Facebook, for example. So they're going to start to use more of that meta moving forward. And we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks as well. So predominantly, and I say predominantly because you can be meta verified. You can be meta verified on Facebook and you can be verified on Instagram. And both of these allow you as a verification to have extra extra features, extra credibility, all of those things. And that is a paid service. So only the people who are verified pay to use the platform and they actually have the choice to pay. So I'm, I'm verified on both platforms because I believe it's an important part of my brand identity. And it shows that I take my business seriously and that I'm a professional. I will talk about meta verification in an upcoming podcast. I won't dive into it today. But I did want to acknowledge that because meta platforms are essentially free for users. So that means if you want to have a Facebook account, you want to have an Instagram profile, you do not pay for that privilege. What that that means in marketing terms is if you are not paying as a customer, you are basically going to be on the receiving end of advertising. Okay, so if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. So revenue um, is predominantly raised for Meta through paid advertising. Now in 2022, its revenue was $116 billion. Okay, so they are making a significant amount of money through paid ads. And I am happily contributing to that because I run ads every day inside my business through the Meta platforms. I consider it to be highly effective, highly targeted ads. And I'm going to do a whole podcast on meta advertising during meta month for the social circus. The interesting thing about the revenue for Facebook is um, they, as a, as a company, have had what would be considered to be a stellar rise in terms of company value. So they've had their company value increasing. They've had their revenue increasing. But in 2022, they actually had a decline in revenue from the previous year. And this can be blamed in part for some of the overspending on their, their VR prototype, the metaverse, which I'll talk about a little bit more so you can understand that. So the metaverse is a concept that I suspect behind closed doors inside Meta is very much pushed by Mark Zuckerberg as something that he really passionately believes in. We've seen him be a very um, prominent spokesperson for the metaverse. So if you are not sure what I am talking about when I talk about virtual reality, when I talk about a virtual space, which is a metaverse, I would encourage you to go and watch the movie Ready Player One. Now, the movie is probably like a teenage movie, so it's not a complicated plot or anything like that. But it's a very interesting movie. I do suspect that there was some very... Um, heavy lending from the real world in terms of the key um, 
tech kind of billionaire giant behind the 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 virtual reality world in Ready Player One is mirrored on Mark Zuckerberg, um, and how it functions and how it operates is really really interesting. And if you haven't experienced VR, I would encourage you in Australia if you go to your state museum. Um, a lot of them have VR headsets that you can try out and experience. Uh, because I live in a household of gaming nerds, <laughs> we have two um, VR headsets. They were called Oculus headsets and they have been rebranded to Meta VR. That's their official name now. And when we got them um, last year in 2022, I wasn't super excited because I'm not particularly into gaming. And my husband was like, we've got two. Wait till you watch some moves on them. Wait till you see what they're like. And when I first watched it, um, it can make you really nauseous because it feels so real and it feels incredible. It's such an amazing, immersive experience. And I had kind of a light bulb moment of thinking, wow, this is going to change our world. And if you watch that moody movie, Ready Player One, I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix in Australia. I presume Netflix globally, but definitely Netflix in Australia. Um, when you watch that, you'll you'll sit there thinking this is years away. And then when you actually put on a VR headset and experience, you're like, whoa, we are nearly there. We are nearly there to having an immersive experience. And it can be used far beyond gaming. It can be used for fitness. It can be used to watch movies. Um, we're really into music in our family. So we've watched concerts that I probably will never experience in my lifetime that are phenomenal to watch. It is like, I feel like it's better than being there. So it will have big applications in how we do things. And the idea of that metaverse is really to change the way in which we do delivery of things. So for example, when the metaverse becomes a reality and instead of you listening to my podcast, um, I can create a meta experience, which would be me as a, you know, a, like a, an icon of myself inside this virtual reality world. And I will be standing potentially at the front of the room, or we could make it really casual. And I could be sitting around a coffee table, um, having a coffee in my VR world, and I could be having a chat to you, but I'm actually delivering my podcast. It could mean that school students, instead of going into school, will jump into the VR world and will be there present in the VR world and look at their school teacher and see what that experience looks like. So it is going to transform and change our world. But right now, Meta has yet to create a working prototype. So they to date have spent 36 billion on the metaverse with no working prototype. And that has had a detrimental impact, first of all, on their profit and second of all, on their share price. So, but I would say that once you're that heavily into something, you're going to keep running until we see a working prototype. And I suspect that the dream that they had inside the walls of Meta was to create an experience similar to Ready Player One and what that um, VR world looks like. But initially it's going to be a lot, uh, it has to grow from somewhere. So we can't launch it with this finished product. Like everything, it's going to start and it's going to grow and evolve. So I think within the next couple of years, we're going to see a working prototype of Metaverse and we're going to see that continue to grow and expand and change. And when that happens, all bets are off. The way in which we use social media will be trans transformed. So for someone like myself, I don't have, um, I am Australian, <laughs> I live in Australia, but I am a first generation Australian and all of my family lives in the UK. That would mean instead of sending my cousin a message on Messenger, I could log into the metaverse, she could log into the metaverse and we could actually have a real time conversation 
Um, and it w it's just going to change so much of what we do. I don't even think we can imagine what it's going to change and how it's going to transform us. But I just want you to be aware it's coming. I would really encourage you to go out and experience that VR experience to see what it is, because if you don't start to embrace this technology, we will get left behind very, very quickly. OK, so that's a little bit of a um, whistle stop tour of the metaverse and of Oculus. Since they acquired that brand, as I said, they've dropped the word Oculus and they're now called Meta VR. So if you do want to buy the headsets, they're still decently expensive. They're like five hundred dollars. Um, and you can subscribe to lots of things. What's really interesting is when you're in there, you do see paid ads. So it has that kind of TV experience where you're watching a show and then the ad breaks come in. And again, I think we'll see um, Meta Ads Manager allow us to place ads in, in the kind of like the VR placement. Um, it's not available at the moment. I'll be excited to see when that comes because what we will surely see is the big companies with big advertising budgets will create VR experiential commercials, whereas us small people will have to stick with our little Canva ads that we do. So that again, will be exciting to see that evolution and change. So let's talk about the stable of brands that Meta has and where do they sit in terms of popularity. So Facebook remains unequivocally the number one social media platform. On the planet at the moment, there's about 8 billion of us and 3 billion of us um, are monthly active users of Facebook. So that is a huge number of the population. It's kind of getting close to approaching half of the world accessing Facebook um, every single month. And if you think about that on its own, there is almost nothing in history that we can say has collectively united us and at the same time divides us because we can all connect with each other on social media. But what we actually do is we use it as an opportunity to find our differences rather than our commonalities. So we won't have a philosophical discussion on that today. But needless to say, it, it has a huge impact on our society. It has a huge impact on our culture. It has a huge impact on the way in which we raise our children. So it is it is big. Now, WhatsApp, as I mentioned that very big acquisition when they made it, um, has 2.7 billion monthly active users. So again, really big numbers of people are using that platform you know, every single month. Instagram sits a little bit behind it at 2.35 billion. And Messenger, which is considered a separate platform, just has just under that 1 billion monthly active users. So still incredibly popular. Um, but know that we, I think the statistics, and I'm sorry, please don't quote me on this because it's not an exact number. I think on a daily basis, social media takes up on average about two and a half hours of our time and about 30 minutes of it we spend on a meta platform. So if you can imagine the sway and influence that they have over us, it is kind of terrifying because they have been shown to use ads to change the outcomes of elections, to sway people's opinions, to circulate information that's not necessarily true and accurate. And we are going to have to grapple as societies with how do we manage that moving forward. And I think if you're going to look to what that might look like, I would suggest you look at the European Union, the EU, and the way in which they handle the meta platform. They are very tough on them. And from a privacy perspective and from a dominant market share perspective, which I think rightly so, if I'm honest. So if we're talking about big, powerful companies. Meta as a company is one of what is collectively defined as the four. Um, and it used to be called the five and it's now called the four. And the five includes the following companies. Alphabet, which you think you've never heard of, but it's simply the parent company name for Google. 
Amazon and Apple. Now, those four companies are considered the most powerful tech companies in the world. And the main reason for that is really, really simple. And I'll explain to you why it is now four and not five. So it used to include Microsoft when it was called the five. And Microsoft was dropped out of that valuation or that kind of name simply because the value of the company is around data and the data that they collect. And Microsoft simply does not collect enough data on its users. Now, we won't go into data today because rightly or wrongly, I think we can safely assume that all, all social media companies, all apps are tracking our data and using it to put ads in front of us. Um, but what's really, really interesting is as we watch these big four companies jostle and vie for position, what we do see is them not being complacent at staying in their own lane. So we've watched Facebook and Meta over the years really try and improve their search capabilities because they do not want Google to be the dominant search engine. They want themselves within their platforms to have really good search capabilities. On the flip side of that, similarly, we have seen Google have several runs at trying to create their own social media platforms. Um, we have Google Business, which is kind of loosely a platform. They used to have Google um, Circles. They've had several runs at this and it's really, really hard to kind of break into that space. So it has been really interesting to see that ebb and flow and to watch these companies like big dominant schoolyard bullies bump up against each other for that dominant share and for the really their share of our eyeballs is what they want so they can place ads in front of us. So 2023 has been a pretty exciting year in social media. We have seen the absolute train wreck of what has happened to Twitter, <laughs> um, which is now called X as a rebrand. Who, who saw that coming? Um, and what has happened to that brand? What has happened to the value of what that company will mean moving forward? And I think what we're going to see is possibly the inevitable decline of that platform, which is a shame because it was one of the dominant social media platforms outside of the meta portfolio of brands. And I think that's important to have competition. Um, what we saw this year, what Meta did was they launched a new platform called Threads in direct competition to Twitter or X. Um, Threads was launched in July 2023 and it went off with an absolute bang. If you do want to hear more about Threads, I have done a podcast episode on that. So please go back and look for it. I will pop it in my show notes, the link to that episode so that you can have a look at it. But what I do want you to understand is that Threads is a really exciting platform. It reached 100 million users within five days, which is epic. But it does allow us to share posts in very short forms text, not dissimilar to tweets. Um, but we can also have the capability of adding images and videos. But there is no or there is currently no in-app editing features or messaging functions. So Thread has been I think it's going to be really interesting to see what um, Meta um, posts as its profit for 2023 because I think it's had an improvement in some of its performance and obviously the launch of the Threads platform has been a really positive thing for them. So that's kind of a whistle-stop tour for you all of Meta <laughs> and what does it look like. So remember over the next few weeks I'm doing Meta Month and I'm going to be doing a deep dive into different aspects of the Meta company, of Meta ads and all of that kind of thing. So I sincerely thank you for tuning in today. I look forward to chatting with you over the next few weeks more about our meta world. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you the same time next week on The Social Circus.
Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.